Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. If you would like some more information about us, please visit adventurechurch.co.za. We hope that you will enjoy today's message. So, welcome. It's good to see you guys. And I'll tell you this much, we have missed you, missed being here. And it is good to be back and to get to share a little bit into 2024 um, and excited. Yeah, in two weeks time, we've got our visions time and just sharing as to where we're going and what we're doing. But I'm going to do a little mini series between now and then over the next two weeks. And I'm going to ask Shanae to kick us off. <laughs> and, and she's not aware of this. But... Um, so <laughs> I repent. Can you share a little bit of the word that you felt with regards to speaking? Oh, I, I added to it this morning. What you thought I'm prepared and I'll receive I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, okay. So I just want to check what I wrote. But I'm not. So you've got contextually. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the other day I was just reading through Genesis again and I started at the beginning where it talks about God speaking the world into being. And then I was just reminded about how, uh, about that scripture, I think it's in Isaiah where it talks to the dead, dead bones and how God says to Isaiah, is Ezekiel, sorry, apologize, Ezekiel, where he says to Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy over the dead bones and speak life. And I just love the parallel of how Jesus demonstrated how he spoke into being life. And then he says to us as believers, I want you to speak life over people, over your situations, over circumstances. I want to speak life. And I've given you that authority to speak life. And that there's power, uh, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. And so I was just, as I was reading that, I thought that was so encouraging and incredible. And then I just added the scripture from the SV, Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that, it, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And in the same way, when we speak life into things, it's not things always seen. It's what we, what, God, what we know God desires for us and for life here on earth. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So I want to do a little series on prayer and blessing. And something that's really struck me in the last while is the significance of, of praying over people. And what does that mean? And, and, and why do we do it? And why do we speak blessing over one another? Now, um, later today, I'm going to be doing a dedication with, with Maddie. And there's going to be a speaking a blessing over her life. And, and what is the significance of that? What is the purpose of why do we do these things? And I think it's important that we understand the value of what we say and what we speak. And, and like Shanae says, it's amazing how God spoke the earth into existence. So he already from the beginning demonstrated to us the power of speech. And uh, Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So we've got to know that there's power in what we say and what we speak over people and with the same tongue that we can speak 
life and a blessing, we can speak curses over them as well. And it's important that we, we operate in a way that makes sense with what we're saying. And, and that we, we speak good things over people. And I just felt this morning that I wanted to share a little bit on just some of the, the prayer points that God speaks over us when he teaches us how to pray. And, and I want to speak some blessing over us. And I think it's an important time for us just to establish the fullness of what God wants to do with us in 2024. And, and to start off with, we look at Matthew 6 from verse 5 to 15 and it's amazing it's the same passage of scripture that speaks of do not worry do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough trouble of its own before God speaks about the fact that stressing is not a good thing he actually teaches us how to pray and and there's a couple of different ways of praying and and I'll go through that in a little bit more detail next week but we've got like this personal general prayer over our lives and and that's just a moment with us and God and then we've got this persistent prayer where we're contending for something specific we've got like intercession where we privately interceding on behalf of those we love and we contending for breakthrough in their lives we've got corporate prayer where we gather together and we pray as a group and we've seen in scripture amazing things happen when they prayed corporately we've got prayer linked to fasting and, and we were speaking earlier about the fact that we're coming into our time of prayer and fasting and and there's something of that that births breakthrough there's got praying in tongues and uh, there's some amazing teachings that Paul does on the significance of that and what it means and um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit in Romans 8 are said that they are interceding on our behalf so we've got not only are we able to intercede on behalf of others but Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding on our behalf do we know what that means and the significance of it and and then we've got something which is not prayer but it's something of the speaking which Shanae alluded to earlier is that of prophecy prophesy over these bones as it says in Ezekiel so we prophesy and we speak over people and prophecy is for the building and edification of the churches to build people up as to encourage them so these are incredible ways in which we get to speak life over people and and I love how how Paul speaks about prayer with so many of his people and, and you look at Romans 1 we we'll run through a couple of them but the introductions to so many of his scriptures Romans 1 verse 8 first I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed all the world for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you Got a friend of mine who has uh, a heart for a specific nation that he went to go visit. And it's quite a dangerous nation, so I don't want to mention the, the country by name. But, but he went there and he got a chance to go minister there in December. And it was an incredible privilege that I was added to an intercessor group for him. There's a couple of close friends that he had that were included to just lift him up at this time because it's quite a hostile nation it's a nation that doesn't um, want to receive the gospel message and therefore the risk of imprisonment or you pretty much putting your life at risk by going and ministering there and and I was, had the privilege of being part of this group where we got to just speak life over him and prophesy and encourage and while he was there had the opportunity to pray over him and he came back and he said how he felt so heavy that he's no longer there um and he's trying to contend for lord what are you saying to us as a family about this nation that you've placed in our hearts 
and I was reminded of this scripture in Romans 8 when he got back on how Paul says, without ceasing, I mention you in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. He's contending for those he desires to be with. And it's such a beautiful picture. And I know for us now, having been away and we weren't in KZN, there, there were times when we longed to be with you guys. And we, we have the privilege of contending and praying for you and lifting you up by name and saying, Lord, we lift up this person and we trust for such incredible things over them. And, and we should be a people who lift one another up in prayer. Um, the next one, if I go to 1 Corinthians 1, it's pretty all the introductions to Paul's uh, messages. Verse 4, I give thanks to my God always because of you, of the, because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed amongst you. So Paul again, as he speaks to the church in Corinth, he says, I'm con continually praying for you. Um, so I just want to go to the next one. I'm not going to go through all of them. But there's just some really cool ones um, that I, I really enjoy just seeing how Paul contends and lifts up. Uh, 1 Thessalonians verse 2, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and your labor of love and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. How beautiful a picture is the setting as, a, as, as how we contend for one another and lift each other up. And actually, and, and it's not that we necessarily have to actively go away and pray every day for a group of people, which is not a bad way of doing it. But it's even as God places someone on your heart and you just lift them up. As someone says, uh, can you guys pray over me for this? So yes, we pray. But, but let's in that moment lift them up. And that could be while we're driving, while we're showering, while, we, while we're working, just to take a moment and say, this person's burdened on my heart. Knew a girl who um, was friends with a number of years ago. And anyway, one day uh, her mom was at a prayer meeting at church. And one of the ladies at the prayer meeting said, is your daughter, I just have a heavy burden to pray for her. She said, yeah, my daughter's fine. And anyway, they carried on the prayer meeting. And a few minutes later, this lady said to her again, I really feel that we need to lift up your daughter. Do you mind if we pray for your daughter? And they started to contend for, for this girl. And they prayed over her and in this prayer meeting. And unbeknown to them, and it's a similar day today, they had heavy rains the night before. They lived in a place that was quite rural, in, in a farm area. And this girl drove her car over a road that had flooded. And in that time, while they were having this prayer meeting, her car got washed away. And she woke up on, a, on an embankment, lying on the embankments, and she has no idea how she got out of her car. And when they found her car, all her doors were locked. But she woke up. Unbeknown, she has no clue what happened, but she woke up on a, on a riverbank as this woman contended over this girl, and, and she had a burden in her heart. And... In that moment, they prayed over her. Now, I don't know what happened, but I can tell you that it was miraculous. And I, I can tell you it's not a coincidence that in that moment, there was a heavy burden over her. I know for me, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I have a burden on my heart for someone. 
lift them up, pray for them. Have a moment, pray over God's blessing and favor over them and recognize that there's a power in our prayer as we lift one another up. So Matthew 6 verse 5 to 15, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples and he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. This is not a chapter or a reverse speaking against corporate prayer, saying actually we don't pray publicly. What this is saying is that sometimes people were getting together and they were praying so that people could watch them praying. And it wasn't for the, for the, the power of the prayer act to be seen so that people looked upon them and see them as religious or righteous. And, and it was a religious act. Um, Jesus often referred to the Sadducees and the Pharisees as the hypocrites that you don't listen to what they're doing because their practices were not out of fellowship with the Father. Their practices were there so that people could look at them and see something of that righteousness. So he's saying, so they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Our desire for prayer is not for lifting ourselves up or making ourselves look holy amongst those around us. It says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Well, because their motive was to be seen. So when they were seen, they received what they desired. It says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in uh, who is in secret. So what is this saying is actually establish a private prayer life. We're going to be a people who learn to pray privately. It doesn't help that our only prayer time is that corporately. But actually we're going to be a people who lift one another up in the secret place, in the privacy of our own homes. It says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So what is this saying is actually when we're praying, recognize that you're entering the presence of God and you, it's, it's out of a place of fellowship. We're not just praying for the sake of saying words loftily. We're praying because there's value in what we're saying and we're speaking to our Father. Imagine in our relationships with one another, we have these long drawn out um, scripted paragraphs that we're wanting to speak to the other person, hoping that they will hear and interpret what we're saying. No, we speak out of love and affection and, and it's, it's out of relationship that we build with one another. So what does Jesus say? He says, not be like them for your Father knows what you need. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What is this saying is you can't receive grace if you're not willing to give grace. But there's something really special about this prayer that Jesus does because it is actually such amazing um, insights into the practicalities of prayer. And the first thing he says is pray our Father. What does this do is it establishes our identity in him. When we say our Father, we're saying we're coming as your son or your daughter into your presence. We position ourselves through our identity before we, we start to bring all these requests. We're saying, Lord, I'm coming as your son. I'm coming as your daughter and that's the place that I want to position myself when I speak to you in prayer. 
Hallowed be your name is recognizing the majesty of God. So when we walk in and we say, here I am your child, but Lord, you are glorious. I love the, the worship today and, and you'll see that there's some, there's, I was intentional in the, in the first song, but I love that, that, that um, uh, bright-eyed, mystified, um, I, I love you are beautiful. Beyond, like, do we recognize the majesty of God? says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We start to recognize that in that place, as his, as his son, as his daughter, uh, in the, the presence of his majesty, we render to his lordship. And we partner with him in ministry. Because when we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, what we're effectively saying is, Lord, use me as a conduit to usher your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's part of the mandate that we've got as believers, is we get the privilege of ushering his kingdom out here on earth. So we, we start to surrender to his lordship. And, and in that place of our identity that qualifies us for the insurmountable task of fulfilling the functions that he's given to us, we, 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 we start saying, Lord, here we are. We want to see your kingdom come. This morning as we were walking from the car park, Kayla was speaking to Sharon about uh, revival. What is revival? Revival is seeing the kingdom of God manifest here on earth. How do we do that? But by contending for it. So give us our daily bread. We speak to him for the provision to fulfill the task that he's asked us to do. Forgive us our debts is an act of repentance. Now repentance, the word repentance means an about face. It's doing 180 degrees. It's not saying sorry. Sorry that I messed up. Repentance is actually a physically turning around and doing the opposite of what you were doing. It's a hard thing. And it says, well, actually, Lord, forgive us our debts. We repent before him. And it says, and, and as we have also forgiven those who are indebted to us, is, is Lord, we want to have grace for those around us. That we show grace and extend grace to the people around us. And it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God doesn't lead us into temptation. So we're asking him to actually be the one who leads us. We're surrendering to his leadership. Lord, do what, lead us to where you want to go. That we can do what you've called us to do. It links up to Ephesians 2.10 where it says that he's created these good works for us to walk into. Well, actually, Lord, we want to be in a place where we walk in the fullness of what you've called us to. It's such a beautiful outworking of this prayer because it's, it's not just saying something and, and repeating it, but it's actually where do we position ourselves in the place when we are praying and lifting things up. Luke 11 speaks of the same passage of scripture and he, it's, it's talking about praying and says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So he was witnessing Jesus praying. It's amazing how even when we lead those around them, let uh, around us, let them see us pray. And it's not in the way that Jesus was talking about where we lofty just for, for people to see what we're doing, but actually... Our kids need to witness us praying. They're going to be a part of what we do. Those that we are discipling need to be with us when we pray. It's important. 
It says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive our sins, as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend? who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will suffer from... Uh, and and he, Sorry, uh, where did I... And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot give up and give you anything. I tell you, though... He will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. So he's saying, this guy's not going to get up and open up the door because he's his friend. He will rise and open the door if what's happening is the person is persistence. This impudence is persistence. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. For whoever asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you if his son asks for a fish instead of a fish will give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So what he's saying is there's actually a power in persistence. That when we pray persistently, we receive the things that we've asked for. When they're in accordance with God's will. And, and there's something amazing that you've got to be aware of is there is power in persistent prayer. And God is good and he's gracious and he's a good and loving father who wants to bless us with what we're asking for. So I want to end off with a prayer that Paul prays and then I want to end off with a blessing over us and I just really feel that there's something significant about this and, I, and, and my request of us is even as we go into the new year let's take some time in the coming week and speak blessing over people that we love let's contend and pray over circumstances and things that they're going through um, people where you see them hurting let's, let's pray over them I look at uh, Paul and Ruth who have gone and they in Asagai. Are we lifting them up in prayer that their, their transition into this new season is one that is fruitful and favorable over their lives? Let's lift them up and let's contend for them and speak life over them and speak blessing over them. And if you get a prophetic word for someone that's an encouragement, go in and, and send them the encouragement. So that we, we know, hey, we, we're praying for you. It's important. Ephesians 1 verse 15 to 21, Paul says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the, I just want to speak over us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. My prayer over, over each one of you is that as we lift you up in prayer, that, that the God himself will give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. I pray that your eyes will be opened and that, that in the depths of your hearts, you will have a revelation of the hope to which you have been called.
John made the statement this morning that, that the world around us is falling apart. But we've got to see the beauty of Christ in, in, in a world that seems to have lost so much of his beauty. That manifests through being a people who speak hope into hopeless situations. But how do we have that hope? Unless we have a supernatural revelation in the depths of our hearts that we have been called to a hope that is beyond our understanding. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Love the word inheritance because it speaks of our identity in him. And do we understand the glory of the inheritance that we have in being called sons and daughters? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Do we have a revelation of the majestic power of God, the same God that spoke the earth into creation? Do we have a revelation of the power that we have in him? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? I was watching a, a video on YouTube yesterday. It was a little YouTube short. And they took a, they, they rated this guy as one of the world's strongest men. And they had these, these bars and um, it's got a handle on either side with this coiled spring in between. And the coiled spring creates a resistance. And, and you've got to kind of bend the bar to touch the handles together. And they started off, I think it was 10 or 20 kilos. And then it went up to 60 kilos. And they had one at the end, which was a, this gold one that, that had a 120 kilogram bend strength and this guy took it and he, he did this and then he pushed on his leg and and it slightly buckled and and they reckon it's that, that the hardest one that that's that they've ever manufactured and yet the world's strongest man couldn't couldn't do it and it's amazing how in this what they were actually doing was they were measuring his strength they were measuring how powerful the world's strongest man was and, and I think he got to 90 kilos, he was able to do it. But at 110 kilos, or 120, whatever the number was, it was beyond his ability. And here in this scripture it says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us? Like, do we understand the significance of what that means? His power cannot be measured. We do not have a word, a term, a unit to describe the immeasurable power that he has. And this is Paul's prayer. And this is what we're praying over us. Is that we will have a revelation of this. It's amazing that when we have a revelation of the immeasurable power of God, stress and worry are the first two things that disappear. Because we surrender to his greatness says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and all authority and power and a dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. Friend of mine, when praying for healing, he, he shared this revelation with me the one day, and I tell you, it's been such a pertinent revelation. And he says that if the name of Jesus is above every other name, no matter what the name of the sickness there is, it's subject to the name of Jesus. No other name is higher than the name of Jesus. 
And I think it's such a beautiful revelation. And I pray that we will have a revelation that He sits in the heavenly places above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And then lastly, I want to speak over us a blessing that Moses spoke over Aaron that God instructed. And it says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Grace is unmerited favor. So when God's gracious to us, he extends a favor that is beyond what we deserve. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. His countenance is his approval upon you and give you peace. In, in a world where we take such strain and, and we look at the world around us, the one thing that is so seriously lacking is peace. We have turmoil in our hearts often. We look at the, the circumstances that are surrounding us. And, and I know I fall victim to this sometimes where there's a turmoil that rises up in me. And, and the first thing that disappears is peace. But here is a blessing that speaks the peace of God. Philippians says that that peace of God transcends all understanding and guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the Lord lift up his approval or his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the of Israel and I will bless them. My prayer for us is that as we go into 2024, that he will bless us. We will experience the blessing and the peace, the power, the love of Jesus, that his face will shine upon us. He will be gracious to us, that he will bless us and that he will keep us in everything that we, we do. And to him be the glory in all, in all we do. So Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are good and that you are gracious and that you want to speak blessing over us. I thank you that even you intercede on our behalf, contending for us, that we may walk well, that we may experience abundant life. The enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and life in abundance. Lord, I speak over each one of us. I speak over our families, Lord Jesus. I speak over those who are close to us, our friends, the people that we know who are hurting, who are lost, who are confused, who are scared, who are, are questioning so many different things, who have no certainty of the future. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will reveal yourself to them. I pray, Father, that you will place people on our hearts, that we will lift them up and that we will pray, to, pray over them, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that even as we pray to you, that we'll have a revelation of our identity in you and recognize that we position ourselves in prayer as sons and daughters. I pray that we'll have a revelation of your majesty, your wisdom, your power, manifold power. I thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege of partnering with you in ushering your, your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That where things do not align in any structures, that we get to speak that over them. And Lord, I thank you that you forgive our wrongdoing. And Lord, I pray that you help us forgive those who have wronged us. 
Lord, I pray that we will establish ourselves in prayer, Lord Jesus, that we will be a praying people, a contending people, an intercessory people, that we will lift up those around us. Lord, I pray, Father, for testimonies. As I shared of that girl driving her car and, and the miraculous taking place because of a prayer meeting. Someone had a burden that ushered in the miraculous. Lord, I pray, Father, for moments like that where we will lift up those around us and we will contend on their behalf. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, King. Amen.